In one of our previous episodes, we talked about the different jobs within tech, one of which is engineering management. Today, we're joined by the wonderful Amal Hussein, engineering manager at NPM, and we're going to chat more in depth about engineering management. Let's get started. Welcome to the Ladybug Podcast. I'm Kelly. I'm Allie. And I'm Emma, and we're debugging the tech industry. Hey, Kelly, have you heard about this cool tool called AWS Amplify? Tell me about it. It's a suite of tools and services that enables developers to build full-stack, serverless, and cloud-based web and mobile apps. You get to use whichever framework or technology you want on the front end. That sounds cool. Will it help me get up and running with things like hosting? Yeah. Authentication? You betcha. Manage GraphQL? Totally. How about serverless functions, APIs, machine learning, chatbots, file storage? Yes to everything! Amplify is built especially in a way to enable traditionally front-end developers, like yourself, Kelly, to be successful because you can use your existing skill set to build real-world, full-stack apps that in the past would require deep knowledge around back-end, DevOps, and scalable infrastructure. The Amplify console also allows you to use a GitHub repository to deploy to a globally available CDN with CI and CD built-in. It's super cool. Where can I learn more? If you want to learn more about AWS Amplify, visit aws-amplify.github.io. So Amal, tell us about yourself. What got you into engineering management? Hi, Ali and Emma. Um, First of all, thanks so much for having me on the show. Um, I'm really excited to be talking about uh, a new role uh, for me. Um, I still identify as a software engineer who's maybe crossed over to the dark side or what what can be known as the dark side to some. Um, But uh, I was a software engineer working at Boku. Um, I was a tech lead and um, had been a project lead before in other roles. and, um, you know, working at Boku, there was a lot of, uh, I would say, um, lots of different types of things that you're doing on a project that really extends beyond typical engineering. You're doing a lot of product work, um, figuring out stuff, unblocking, um, managing up sideways, et cetera. Um, and managing up has been something that I've, you know, done successfully for a long time in my career. Um, and it kind of uh, led to kind of, uh, I think, uh, an acknowledgement and and um, of my leaning into just you know being comfortable with um, being a leader or being in charge of things um, and that kind of you know it was it was a tough acknowledgement for me because you know I didn't really um, I think walking away from day to day software engineering uh, was is was a is a is and was a big decision um, but ultimately you know I realized that as an engineering manager especially depending on the role, you're still doing software engineering. You're just doing it through people. Um, and literally also just, you're still, you're still writing software sometimes, but you're just, you're not responsible for the day-to-day delivery cycles. So. Yeah. That, that's a, uh, that would be a, a tough pill to swallow if you were like kind of on the fence. I'm curious, like what, like how has that been for you? Is it harder having to deal with people on a day-to-day basis as opposed to computers? <laughs> Um, I, I think people are way more complicated than machines. And yes, I would say that human problems are intersectional and they're very different than, you know, the kind of binary problems that you run into when trying to scale a project or, you know, trying to, you know, uh, debug a flaky test. Um, so, you, you know, you have to really be adaptable. Um, and I think one of the biggest challenges is really understanding that, everyone doesn't think like you. Uh, and so, you know, having to kind of calibrate to your team, 
um, is something that's really important. Um, and that's, that's been, an, that's been something that's um, a muscle that I'm still exercising, you know? Um, but yeah. So anyway, so I'm, I'm new at this role. I, I joined NPM, um, a few months ago and, um, so it's a new role, new company. So lots of challenges there. Um, but, uh, but it's been a really interesting, like very interesting journey. And I have a really incredible team that's very humbling. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been, it's been, I would say a fire hose experience. So, so for those of you who haven't like maybe seen or heard from me in a few months, that's, you know, I've been, been, <laughs> been under the NPM fire hose of, uh, of just really like learning how to do this new job, but uh, do it, do it well. And also, um, yeah, just learning, learning all things NPM and, you know, all the, you know, the, the, the wonderful world that is the registry, which is a magical cave full of wonderful, lots of mysteries. <laughs> so. That's really cool. I also made the transition from engineering to a more people-centric role with teaching and can definitely agree that the people challenges stay challenging and stay um, different, whereas engineering challenges, I think, kind of repeat themselves to some extent and um, tend to tend to be solvable in a more predictable way than people problems do. So definitely relate to that, even though it's a little bit different teaching than doing uh, strict management. As an engineering manager, what does your day-to-day schedule look like? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, it really varies um, from, you know, debugging things with my team to doing design reviews to, um, doing planning for our like cadence uh, to talking to other stakeholders, uh, you know, getting security review done. It, it really varies. You really have to kind of exercise all aspects of the software delivery cycle because um, you're really responsible for like the end to end delivery of a thing. And so, um, you know, it really, it also means like stretching outside of your comfort zone. Right. And also, uh, knowing that, you know, you're not the expert at everything and it's very important that you lean on the experts, you know, um, and you fill in the gaps where you can. And so um, I, it's been amazing for me just how, like, how, how like how much more well-rounded I think I've become um, and a lot more comfortable with, um, I would say, uh, just like literally all aspects, you know, from QA to release, right. Uh, to like inception ideation, whatever it is. Uh, there's just a lot of, um, yeah, there's just a full cycle that you're now involved in and that you're responsible for seeing through, you know? And so everybody kind of has, if you can imagine like a baton and ultimately like different people have the baton at, at, at different times, but ultimately you're responsible for getting that baton across the finish line. And so, um, so I think that's, that's been a very interesting shift for me. Um, like the accountability factor and, um, the buck stops here factor. Like it's, it's always great. Even when you're a tech lead, there's always someone else to blame. Right. But <laughs> I think when you're an engineering <laughs> manager, you know, you're really responsible for the delivery and the output and, um, you know, whether you're, whether your team, you know, um, is aware of it or not, right? Like ultimately the accountability falls on you, necess- not necessarily even your team. And so, um, so yeah, so I think, uh, my day is varied and, uh, it's full of lots of different types of responsibilities. So. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I I always thought I wanted to get into management, but I 
I loved your comment about managing people being intersectional and not binary because that's something I never consciously had thought about before, I, I guess. I always thought, you know, oh, I I love communicating with people. I think I would be a good manager, but it's not that cut and dry. Um, and to your point, like being a manager is hard. Like managing people is not an easy task. And I think that we perhaps can take our managers for granted occasionally, um, perhaps because we don't necessarily see all of the the things that they're doing for us or seeing all the battles that they're fighting for us. What would you say is the hardest thing about being a manager? Um, so I would say one thing I, I kind of want to rephrase a little bit is, is um, if I don't feel like I manage people, I, I feel I, I support them, right? So ultimately, like, mm-hmm. you're there to support them and get shit out of their way and like, and or get shit into their way if that's what they're looking for, right? <laughs> um, but, but, but really, like, I would say, especially for software engineers who are incredibly talented, and, you know, uh, really all knowledge workers, uh, I think this is a rule that applies to all knowledge workers. Uh, you know, there's, you know, people often know what they want. And so ultimately you're there to support them and and guide them and sponsor them and, you know, and mentor them. But it's different types of, like I have a different relationship with everyone on my team based on kind of where they are in their career and, you know, and where they are with what they want to do in, in the company. You know, some, some of my teammates I'm sponsoring more, you know, for, and like advocating more, you know, for them. So some folks I'm doing more mentoring, um, you know, uh, some folks I'm doing more coaching, you know, uh, so it's a different kind of relationship uh, with every person. Um, so I think kind of calibrating myself and the way I operate and the way I think and the way I, I would get stuff done, you know, kind of calibrating that to someone else is probably the hardest thing, right? Because people don't think like you, they, um, and they shouldn't, because that would be a bad thing, right? If we all thought alike. Um, but there's a bias that comes with your thinking, you know, and so trying so I think part of being a good manager and one of the hardest things is really being conscious of your bias, right? And making room for others um, in the way they solution, in the way they problem solve and, and making and making it like a ha- having an inclusive environment where people feel comfortable um, uh, sharing their opposing uh, views, right? Or opposing approaches to said thing. You know, so it's very important that everybody can bring their full selves to the table and they don't feel rejected in any way. Right. Um, And so so I think, you know, just creating that safe space, being conscious of your bias, like these are these are all really challenging things. Um, I think context switching is another challenge, Uh, like you're doing a lot of context switching and sometimes it's really exciting and sometimes it's exhausting, you know, and so being conscious of how you schedule your day and what you're tackling at a given time is is a huge challenge. Um, another challenge I would say is, uh, you know, your day gets hijacked, you know, and so you kind of start out your day thinking, okay, I'm going to accomplish A, B, C, D. And then like you accomplish A and half of B. And that's because, you know, you, you were firefighting or dealing with other problems. And so, and like knowing that your day is not your own, uh, and like, and that's a very big shift from being a software engineer, right? Like where you're like, okay, here's my day. Um, you know, I set, I set, I set the pace for myself, um, you have to really be flexible to like other people hijacking your, 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 your day and, you know, for good things. Right. <laughs> but, um, 
but you have to be, yeah, flexibility is like key, I think, to, to, to staying sane and um, to kind of, uh, yeah, like not having like a who moved my cheese moment every day. So, um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard job. I have a, a really a newfound respect for managers um, in general. Uh, I would say good managers or people who strive to be good managers because I've had plenty of bad and good managers and, you know, it's easy to know the difference. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a hard job. And being an engineering manager in particular, like you're switching from, you know, like something that's so binary to people which are like the opposite of that. And, you know, kind of transitioning between software and people problems, um, both really complex in their own ways, you know, is, is a big challenge. So I, I think it might be the hardest management job, to be honest, is to be an engineering manager, but I'm like now tooting my own horn. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's wonderful. And to hear someone who's so self-aware and understands that people are not all the same and we can't put them all in one box and expect them all to thrive. Um, it's quite refreshing. It takes a special type of person to be a great manager. Um, and we'll get a little bit more into that in, in just a little bit, but I'm curious what your what your management style is. So when we talk hands-on versus hands-off, I've had managers on both ends of the spectrum. Um, and you had mentioned that you work remotely and you work with teams, you know, all over Europe and the US, and, and we'll talk more about remote working a little bit later, but um What's your management style? Do you have set meetings with your with your employees like once a week or or what does that look like? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, thanks, Emma. Uh, so I have one on ones with my team every week, uh, which maybe sound excessive for some or maybe not, but um, but you know it's really important to kind of have that pulse of of uh, what's happening and and kind of having a consistent um, uh, communication channel that's there. Uh, but you know, I have team weekly team meetings and, um, one-on-ones with my team and, uh, beyond that, uh, you know, there's just company wide engineering wide meetings that happen at a weekly basis. Um, so for like a distributed company, we're all meeting and talking fairly often, like in a synchronous way. Uh, but then there's also being connected off, you know, on Slack and there's pairing sessions that my team sets up with each other, um, uh, that I join sometimes. And, uh, you know, so we're all kind of in various types of communication throughout the day and throughout the week. Um, but in, in terms of hands off versus hands on, um, I would say I'm very much a hands-on manager and because I jump into debug pair test, uh, code review um uh you know i i kind of do i'm i'm kind of alongside my team for every aspect of the delivery cycle uh as well as like all the other stuff with like you know stakeholder uh uh figuring out stuff with stakeholders and like all of the other stuff that's um beyond the scope of like my team's uh delivery so um in a sense, I kind of have two jobs, you know, so where one I'm like, I feel like I'm an engineer on the team and the other job is like, you know, uh, kind of being an external representat- representative to, for my team, like throughout the company. Um, but I mean, in terms of, I think my style, I'm, I, I'm very much still in discovery mode. Um, I think I'm still figuring a lot out about, um, you know, I think what my preferences are and, um, 
and I, I think also what the what the challenges are uh, for of, of for of like managing such a diverse and like distributed team. So, um, so I would say you know we can check back in, but you know it's it's still very much uh, I would say promise is not resolved on that yet. <laughs> <laughs> DigitalOcean offers the simplest, most developer-friendly cloud platform. It's optimized to make managing and scaling apps easy with an intuitive API, multiple storage options, integrated firewalls, load balancers, and more. From predictable pricing to flexible configurations to world-class customer support, you'll get access to all the infrastructure services you need to grow. Plus, DigitalOcean's community provides over 2,000 tutorials to help you stay up to date on the latest open source software, languages, and frameworks. Get started on DigitalOcean for free with a free $100 credit at do.co slash ladybug. That's do.co slash ladybug. Just for our listeners' sake, how long have you been working as an engineering manager? Um, I'd say... Uh, almost five months. So not that long. Um, and it's I've been a fire hose experience because, you know, being an engineering manager at NPM, there's, there's a lot to learn, uh, a lot of things to come up to speed with about, you know, how things work internally at the red in the registry. Um, and just to give folks some context, um, I work on a team that is that works on the registry. So it's not so much the uh, in the, the CLI or the, the, the thing that you kind of think of when you think of NPM, uh, but we're like the, we work on the registry where all of the actual packages like live. And, um, you know, so it's the machine that hosts and runs and, you know, it's, it's like the time machine basically that, that, you know, where all the packages live. <laughs> so, um, and, uh, uh, so we're much more, you know, internal facing, um, not so much external, uh, but uh, our, our kind of in, our touch points are the CLI uh, and, you know, any other interface, you know, any other uh, client like uh, Yarn or um, uh, even, uh, you know, the Java community has uh, 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 some, some, some interfaces uh, uh, directly to the registry. So, you know, we're, you know, we have the endpoints that um, we, we manage the endpoints that allow um, other um, uh, package managers to connect with uh, the registry. Awesome. We've talked a little bit about management style and the hard parts of being an engineering manager, but I want to know why you transitioned, why you made the decision to transition and what the best thing about being an engineering manager is. Yeah, that's a great question. Um I think I, so I made the decision to transition, but my, the, like the reason why I was like, okay, I think I want to do this is um, because I noticed just a pattern in like all of my projects and jobs where I was like always, you know, I always ended up being the person that was like the go-to person for said thing, or I ended up being, I don't know, um, uh, you know, uh, being the project lead or tech lead for something, uh, there was just kind of a, a, a trend. And, um, I, you know, I, I feel really comfortable kind of stepping into, into roles where, um, there isn't, there's uncertainty and there's lots to figure out. Um, like it's, you know, those, those kinds of things typically didn't phase me. Um, I also was really comfortable, uh, working with, um, stakeholders and managing up or sideways, like depending on like what the situation needed. Um, so, I I think it was a realization that like um 
through talking with other uh, people in this role, uh, you know, that like, hey, maybe this would actually be a good fit for me. Um, it was really important that I was somewhere that had a hands-on engineering management culture because this is my first role, and I'm I was I'm I'm still not sure if I want to do this full time, like forever and ever and ever. Like I might want to go back to being a principal engineer in a few years, or uh, you know maybe do a pendulum swing, right? Like do management for a little while, you know, go back to hands-on. Um, I haven't really decided if this is like a permanent track for me yet, um, but. But I, but I knew that it was something that I wanted to try. Um, and, you know, I was fortunate enough to get the opportunity to try it um, at the maybe craziest place in the world to try it. So, which is NPM. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, they like, yeah, took a chance on me. And, um, you know, it, like I'm like learning a ton and really enjoying it so far. Um, but I can, you know, if I'm honest, I can totally see myself, uh, in a couple of years saying, ah, you know what, I think I want to like, um, be a principal engineer for a little while and kind of do that pendulum swing, uh, which is something that's very common. You, you, you see that a lot with engineering managers. They'll, they'll go back to writing software full time for a few years and come back into it because it, you know, it's, I think it's important to, to, <laughs> Uh, if you're staying at this level anyway, to, to make sure that you're, you're not, you know, you don't have any attrition with your, with your software, right. You know, skills. Um, and I think you're more effective. I don't know, the closer you are to the code, the more effective you can be even just guiding your team. Um, but you know, we'll see. Um, I, I might want to do that and, or move into like an executive role in a few years as well. Um, I'm still, it's still TBD for me. I, 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 wish I had like a better answer, but <laughs> that's quite all right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'd be looking forward to chatting with you again in, in, you know, several months or a year and seeing wh where your head's at on that. But I think it's, it's good to note too, that you can do a so-called pendulum swing and go back to development if that's something that you want. Um, you know, with any role, you can get burned out if it's, if it's a, a ton of work and, um, it's okay to switch different domains, um, every so often. Uh, so it was nice to hear you say that. Um, my question is, do you think someone should be an engineer prior to being a manager? Do you think that that's helped you? And do you think it's something that engineering managers should look to have on their resume before they switch into management? Yeah, I, that's an awesome question. I just realized I didn't answer Ali's question about what's the best thing about being a manager. I, I'll tell you that first. Um, best sure. thing by, by far, I think the best thing about being a manager is just the impact that you can have. And like, especially for me as a woman, person of color, I mean, I have both you know, people on my team that identify as women and people of color. And so it's just a phenomenal thing for me to be able to actually, you know, I would say relate uh, to them at, at a different, on a different level, uh, which isn't very common in our industry. Um, but, uh, but specifically like just being able to kind of um, push people or identify, like work with people on their goals and identify like, what is the thing that you really want to achieve and okay, cool, let's make it happen. And then making it happen, you know, just that gratification of, I think, um, really actually being able to push the needle in someone's life and career has been incredibly gratifying. Um, and that's the thing that for me, like, you know, makes me want to do this forever. Um, uh, but I think that the challenges of, um, you know, I think the challenges of middle management in general are, are, are 
pretty burnout prone, right? Like it's, it's, uh, it's, I, I think it's challenging to stay in the middle management role for several years because I, I, I think it's, you, you know, you're, you're in, you're, you're in a very tough spot where, you know, you're, you're, you have, you're managing like an executive team and then you're managing expectations from your team. And, um, it's tough, like being a middle manager is not easy. Um, and so I think kind of, you know, continuing to, to, to take all the lessons that you learned as a middle management and then move into an executive role where you can make an impact in, uh, at a team level makes sense. Um, or, you know, going to, into a principal, going back into a principal engineer role where you can, um, uh, you know, uh, make it, make, make things more effective at the team level, um, you know, is, an, is another, is another, is another route. So back to your, your, your original question. <laughs> no, I do. I remember it, which was, um, should someone be an engineer prior to being being an engineering manager? I would say absolutely. Um, if you can't do the job of people on your team, like you shouldn't, I don't think you should be, um, you, you, I don't know if you should be leading them. I, I don't know. That, that feels like really conservative, maybe thing to say, but I think you, you have to have some element of relatability to your team. So um, I would say, yeah, you need to definitely be an engineer and you have to understand what the challenges are uh, that come with being an individual, individual contributor, uh, you know, um, and knowing what those challenges are, uh, allows you to, you know, I think be more effective at, um, guiding your team through, uh, challenges, solutions, et cetera. So if you can't relate, you can't like, you know, yeah, if you can't relate to them, you can't be effective. Um, and, you know, and I'm not sure that they'll, like, it would be, good for your team as well. Like, you know, to have, to have someone that, um, doesn't have experience writing software. Um, but, um, but it, I, I guess it doesn't mean you're going to be a bad manager. It just, there's going to be real, there's aspects of relatability, I think, you know, that are uh, going to be challenging and depending on how the company's structured, like it might be difficult for you to even do your job well, because, you know, most engineering managers I know are, uh, somewhat hands-on. So, uh, if you're, if you don't understand, uh, software delivery cycle or what it means to, you know, do a code review, um, then, you know, you, like there's parts of your job that I think would be challenging to, to do. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Emma, do you think, what, what do you think? <laughs> I would say yes, because I have had manager, I had a manager previously and I thought she was a great person, but she was a design director and this was really difficult for me to to advance my career because she didn't fully understand the software engineering role. And as a result, that definitely hindered my ability to achieve a promotion. It was one of those things where I had to meet like the software engineering criteria to to move forward. Um, but she wasn't able to accurately assess whether or not I had met those. So I definitely think it is... Um, <sighs> I don't want it to sound like gatekeepy at all, right? Like it, it's more than just knowing the, the technical side of things to be a great manager, but it definitely is a huge factor. Um, I've also had engineering managers who in the past were so caught up with wanting to code all the time that they kind of shirked their responsibilities to their employees, which was really, really hard for me when I needed support. Um, so 
yes and no. I think it's a double-edged sword almost. Uh, it, it, you can't just say yes or no. I definitely do think it it helps, obviously. Um, but it's more than just knowing the tech stack. It's also making sure that at the end of the day, you're putting your, your people first. Yeah. You know, and, and really, I think that's, that's a great, like, I'm I'm glad you said that because I think that's another challenge of being an engineering manager is that like, or, or especially a new one, I think is, you know, sometimes, you know, you can really get focused on the technical challenges and, you know, you have to really kind of pull your head out of there and remember, like, there are people, people challenges that are, that are the priority always, you know, and you kind mm-hmm. of have to really remind yourself, like, yep, nope, this is like people first, like, f- fix the people problem, the tech, the tech stuff can wait, right? So the tech stuff is secondary to the, the, the technical challenges are secondary to um, the people challenges, right? Um and so, so yeah, I can totally, um, totally relate to that. And, and I'm sorry to hear that you had that experience, by the way. That's okay. I mean, it, it kind of it helped me realize what I want and need, um, which really I think is a good thing. Uh, you know, so part management is like, it, there's a, it's a two-way street, right, Emma? Um, and sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's really important, like, it's really important for people to give you feedback, right? Um, and not only should you be like it's good for them to give it to you, but you should be soliciting it as well. You know, you should mm-hmm. constantly be asking for feedback and like having a culture of feedback on your team is going to, is like the, it's, it's going to be what makes, makes you six, like you and your team successful, right? Because if you can mm-hmm. tell each other what sucks or what's going well um, or what, what, what could be improved, like you, you're going to constantly be in a state of continuous improvement, right? Um, but if, but, but if there isn't like that open door culture, um, then it's, then it's, then, then there's constantly back channeling, then that's not, that's not going to be progress for anybody. Right. Um, yeah. So ultimately like you can have the best manager in the world, but if the team is not, um, you know, there's, there, there, there are certain things that need to exist within the team as well in order for like the entire team to be effective. Right. Like, it's not like you're superwoman or superman that's going to come and like save the day like they're just they're there it it really does take two to tango like or on absolutely. a team it takes you know n number of people to tango right? so. absolutely <laughs> awesome well i have a kind of follow-up question to what we've been discussing and i think a common concern that people have when they are maybe deciding whether they're going to transition to engineering management especially as women is like whether they'll still be able to write code and whether they'll still be perceived as technical. And I don't know if that's like a concern that you've had or um, if you do feel like you're still technically progressing and how maybe you, you work on that. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So I guess I feel like I'm technically progressing because I have a much, I feel like I have a wider, I don't know, like a bird's eye view into like lots of different things that are happening within the company and like, oh, okay, this thing is happening this way. Interesting. Right. Um, so there are more kind of, I would say, uh, things that I'm aware of from a peripheral sense. Um, but you know, and I write code with my team, I code review. I don't like, I'm not primarily responsible for delivering software, but there's things that I work on that are like, oh, I can unblock you with this thing or, oh, I can help you debug this thing. Um, I, I would say I'm not, I don't know. I, I still have side projects that I work on um, outside of work, um, but I, I, I don't feel like I'm like regressing per se. Uh, I think there's, 
I, I would say that I, maybe my the muscle for like how fast I can solve a problem, right? Uh, or how, how fast I can uh, maybe write code is like slowly, slowly getting like, there, right? There's like a slow attrition. Um, but in terms of like, actual software. I mean, I, I feel like I'm constantly solving software problems, um, I, even though I'm not necessarily writing the code. So I don't feel there's like an attrition there. Um, I don't know. It's, it, I, I would say like, I, maybe I can check, check back in in a year, <laughs> but, um, but I feel like I'm constantly like thinking, uh, thinking or critiquing or, um, you know, coming up with uh, software solutions. So I have to say, like, I really do miss, like, being primarily responsible for, for just that. Uh, but, I, but I like, two weeks later, I would be completely bored. So I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's like you're never happy. Like, you have to just, like, just, I think, ha- make, make your own variety. Um, but, but, yeah, but I still write code, just not as much. And, um, and yes, I do miss it. But, it, you know, getting to do all these other things is, I think... A much more like like I think there are 100 people that can write code better than I can I, I mean I'm a pretty good pr- pretty good engineer but there's people who can do that but those people are not maybe willing to do the other pieces which I can do right like there's really important people problems and process problems to solve that people who can write software are not necessarily even interested in solving right so I I can kind of do both and that's um I think that's the advantage that I think that's the advantage that I have, and it's a, it's a sacrifice, but it's um it's the path that um I've chosen, and you know I have to live with it for now. So, <laughs> <laughs> how have you been learning about management? I don't know. Do you read books, and if so, have you read any books about management? Yeah, I've been like doing some self study. Um, you know, uh, I, I would say. Uh, there's books like, I don't know, uh, Mythical Man Month and uh, Radical Candor and um, f- like five dysfunctional, five examples of dysfunctional teams. Um, uh, what else have I been reading? Um, what was that? L- Laura Hogan, I think. Uh, uh, I forget her last name exactly, but um, it's a book, it's a, a really new book, a, a new book that she came out with a few months ago called Resilient Management that I've been reading. Um, that's pretty good. It's a short and sweet book um, that's geared towards new engineering managers. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's lo- lots of yeah. good books um, and I'm happy to like recommend some more. Um, but yeah, I've been yeah. basically trying to uh, read a few hours a week um, and uh, go through kind of um, Google has a, a pretty good training program for uh, new managers that I started a few months ago. Um, you know, there's, I would say there's a decent amount of resources out there, but, um, but ultimately the best trainer is going to be a mentor, which I have like a few mentors at work, outside of work. Um, those have really been the, I think like just really invaluable resources because, you know, I can go to them with like a real problem and say like, okay, how would you fix this? Right. Or like, how do I deal with that thing? I have a couple of book recommendations for you. My manager sent me the, this one for Christmas. It's called Orbiting the Giant Hairball. And it was written by, one of the guys, he was very successful and he worked for Hallmark for years. Uh, and it talks about how to promote creativity um, when you're working in a large company and how to still, you know, benefit from being in a large company without getting lost. So that one's really, really good. And it's written beautifully because it's not like a traditional book format. Like all the pages have different layouts and artwork. It's really, really cool. 
Um, and then the second is Creativity Inc. And it was written by one of the guys who um, founded Pixar. And it's it's both a history of Pixar and how they merged with Disney, but also it talks a lot about management and how, you know, they manage their people effectively. So I, I think both of those are really great. That's awesome. Ra- Radical Kender is one that um, I've been reading. I'm reading right now, actually. Uh, that's pretty solid. Um it it's you know it's about communication and giving honest feedback and um you know uh just uh like a phenomenal like thing for not just engineering not just like managers right i think any everyone should should kind of uh um like understand like you know how to kind of give good feedback um and i guess the other thing that's on my list is uh no hard feelings um embracing the power of the, the secret power of embracing emotions at work. Um, that's, that's, that was recommended by a colleague of mine. Um, so that's, that's next up on my list. But yeah, I mean, you constantly have to be, uh, I mean, it's management is definitely, it, it, people go to school for it and you can't understate how important it is to like take the time to study it. Right. Um, and as engineers, you have a lot of bias, like where you're like, Hey, I, you know, I can do this. Like, <laughs> like npm install like you know npm install management <laughs> like management learn you know knowledge but um, that's awesome but yeah you have to you have to really take the time to, to learn so. awesome well another conversation that we were having before we pressed record was about working remotely and i want to follow up on that what it, is it like building personal relationships with employees while you're working remote oh great question um so this is actually my first time working on a distributed team. I, I, I would say fully distributed team. I've worked with people in other offices before. Um, and it, you know, my first week I was like, oh, I want, I was, I, I felt like I was going to be really lonely and like, oh my God, I'm going to be so alone. But literally like eight to nine hours a day, I'm connected with various people um, on Slack and Zoom calls, um, you know, team meetings, et cetera. So there's always like a sense of being connected. Um, but you're really forced to, I think, be a better communicator, you know, um, and especially with like uh, uh, time zone differences, like you have to you have to feel comfortable just putting things in writing versus like having a conversation about it with people um, and and really putting things in writing um, both in Slack or just, you know, in an actual like uh, markdown document. So it, you know, it really, I, you know. I don't know. It just allows more people to chime into the conversation. It, it's a, like a better shelf life. So even if you're all working in the same office, you know, I think the skills that I've picked up working for the past few months as a remote employee are things, they're skills that are going to benefit me for the rest of my, uh, of my life. Um, but there are serious challenges, right? Like I, uh, like not being able to go out with, to lunch with your team or not being able to like buy food for people, which is like, my my favorite way to like bribe and be, you know <laughs> bribe people into becoming friends with me is to like feed them you know <laughs> so um so i think that, that that's a challenge um but really we're we're always connected um and you know there like there are like yearly initiatives to like um i think where everyone gets together to do like an all hands or you know um th- that's a thing that happens but um but i would say that like uh, there are many upsides to, to being remote, uh, but there are, you know, the downsides are like, if you like eating with people, 
and um you know occasionally like giving people real high fives that's like you, know, you don't get to do that right um but the trade-off is like you get a lot of freedom um and you can kind of work from anywhere in the world um even though most days i'm just like working from my house right <laughs> so i think it's funny how everyone's like yeah you can work anywhere in the world and then like you, you you're still home like 80 percent of the time <laughs> but um i don't know it's it's supposedly the future of work you know so um Absolutely. how about you are you are you are y'all like remotees or i am still right now for another month or so i think so it's an adventure for me i've i was a remote engineer for the first half of the year and that was incredibly hard for me um just felt very isolated and hard to connect with the people that I was working with. But then um, now I teach remote and I think that is a lot easier for feeling connected um, and being connected with the people that I work with and all that. So um, kind of a up and down experience there, but I'm moving back to working in person next month. So yeah, I mean, I, I would say, would I prefer to be in person? Like, absolutely. Um, you know, I, but I think, I think it, the experience of working remotely is one that, I don't know, everyone should try, should try at least once, right? Definitely. We had a whole episode on working remote, and I think it's amazing for a lot of people at a very different stage of life than I am at, I think. Um, but I think it's really hard when you're maybe at a different stage of life where you're maybe more, you don't have a family yet, <laughs> which is my situation. But I guess... Um, to be clear, though, I think NPM is still very new at being fully remote. I mean, they've always had distributed like uh, teams, but they, you know, I think this is now like the, the first time that the company has gone fully distributed. And, um, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that the company has in like coming up to speed with like what it means to build a good remote culture. You know, and so that's where kind of it, it doesn't, it's not something that should just fall on the like individual employees. Like it really needs to be, there's a culture that needs to be pushed from, you know, um, from a central place and, um, you know, that and kind of norms and, you know, guidelines that I think the company sets for like how people should, you know, what, what the expectations are for people, like when they're communicating, et cetera. Um, so, you know, like if for companies that are going remote, like it's work, it's not just like give people a laptop and just say, go home. Like, you know, you have to still create a culture of, of like what it means to, to like communicate, collaborate, et cetera, um, and give people the tools and the means to, to do that, you know? Absolutely. Definitely. Um, as you know, kind of one of the last questions, what advice would you give to people looking to become an engineering manager? I would say you need to kind of have an honest conversation with yourself on like what it is, why it is that you want to do this, right? So are you interested in supporting people? Are you interested in squashing uh, like and combating fires as they come up? Um, are you okay and comfortable with lots of context switching? <laughs> um, are you, um, yeah, do you enjoy um, mentoring and supporting and coaching and sponsoring like people like because that's a huge part of your job um you know are you okay with like not being the best engineer in the room anymore right because that's something that i had to be okay with right because you're, you're now really relying on your team to come up with good decisions and you're there to like guide them and support them but you know you have to you have to kind of 
give people autonomy, you know, to, to, to make, make those decisions. Um, so I, you know, there's, there's a, there's a big differences between someone who is a technical lead or a principal engineer and an engineering manager. And, but there's, there's a lot of overlap, but there's, there's, there's differences. And so, you know, you really need to kind of dig deep to, um, to, to kind of understand, are you trying to be a tech lead Do you, or are you trying to lead teams, you know, technically, or are you really trying to kind of manage teams, uh, uh, you know, and manage the process that the team uses and, uh, you know, um, manage the direction for the team. Like there's, there's a slight, there's differences there and there's overlap. So, um, it's a, it's a big decision. I wouldn't go into it lightly. Um, and, but I would say that like, if, you know, like if it doesn't work out, like it's, it's good to know, like you should give yourself like 30 days or sorry, um, 90 days. And, you know, you, you're, you can fire yourself after 90 days. If that's a thing that, you know, you can, you can set up a contract <laughs> with yourself. Right. So, um, so yeah, I, um, I would say talk to other engineering managers and understand that the role is different at every company. Um, it's not the same. And so just do your research, um, and, you know, get a mentor. And I would say if there's an opportunity for you to do it within the same company, that would probably be the best move. Um, because you're, you're not learning about the company as well as learning how to be a new engineering manager, which is the challenge that I have. (laughs) You You have, you have the, you know, you can focus on just like your the new role versus like the new the new the new setting right so if you have an opportunity to do it like within the same company that's probably the the best way to to make that transition i oh i guess you know what i should say this is that like the you know one of the most surprising aspects of being an engineering manager has been that like you know when things are good they're extra good you know like you feel the amp it's amplified um, and I think when things are challenging or they're bad, like that's also amplified because, you know, you're now responsible for like more than just yourself. It's not one X, it's like five X or four X. Right. Um, and so, you know, just that's something to keep in mind is that like, there's, it's a responsibility and you have to kind of, you have to be okay with the good and the bad, you know, because it's not always good. Like, um, and um, I think that was like the biggest surprise for me was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, when it, if things are challenging, like you really, and I'm someone that really, really cares about my team, you know? So you really, you really take it to heart. You really feel it. And you really like, okay, really, I really want to improve this. You know, um, it's much different than like when you're an individual contributor, like, <laughs> you know, it just, you're like, okay, yeah, this sucks, but whatever. Like, um, not my problem, you know, not, not my monkeys, not my circus, but now it's, they are your monkeys and it is your circus. So. <laughs> you know. Awesome. So first of all, thank you so much for spending time with us. It was a pleasure to get to talk with you again. And I hope we get to cross paths soon in the future as well. Where can we find more? Where can we find more about you? Where can we find you on the internet? (laughs) At Nomad Techie, all the places. um, Nomad Techie with IE. Um, And yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, speaking with you as well. 
Um, and you know, yeah, it's been, been great. Um, I feel like Allie, you've been quiet, you know, I don't know, maybe my breath stinks or something. (laughs) (laughs) No, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. And learned so much about engineering management specifically in this, in this discussion. So thank you so much. Want to do a quick round of shout outs before we leave. So Amal, do you want to start with your shout yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I recently been spending time with Henry Zhu. I was hosting him at my house. I want to give him a shout out. Um, he's one, he's uh, the kind of lead uh, maintainer of Babel and um, has just shown a lot of tremendous leadership, um, you know, for that, that, that has kind of let, let that plos- that project blossom. Um, it's really the backbone of, a lot of modern uh, JavaScript uh, web applications. And so um, we need to give some more love to Babel <laughs> and um, all the cool, uh, like, yeah, presets that have been coming out as well. So, um, so yeah, shout out to Babel and Henry Zhu in particular. Um, yeah, he's amazing. And Babel is such an important project. Um, Emma, do you have any shout outs? I do. So, by the time this episode airs, I will have completed my recording for a lynda.com or LinkedIn learning course, which I'm super excited about. Um, it's about building a technical resume. And I just want to shout out the team um, that I got to work with. The producer has been absolutely a pleasure to work with. So if anyone from LinkedIn Learning or Linda is listening, you guys have amazing employees. Um, so shout out to you. What about you, Allie? I have another book recommendation. So Emma actually gave me this recommendation over Christmas break, and it was amazing. The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Definitely recommend reading it. I feel like our show is half book focused, half tech focused at this point. <laughs> Did you it's like amazing. it just as much as Daisy Jones and the Six? Yeah, I love both of them. They're yeah. so good. Some of my favorites. And the audiobooks for them are so good, too. Like, really well produced. And um, Daisy Jones especially has a full cast on it, which is really cool. So I highly recommend that. Some books kind of lose their amazingness in audio format, but I feel like they're even better. Awesome. Well, if you like this episode, tweet about it. We'll select one tweeter each week to win a Smashing Magazine book. And we post new podcasts every Monday. So make sure to subscribe to be notified. Please leave a review as well. It allows other people to find out about the show and just feels amazing when we read them. And thank you again so much to Amal for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Pleasure to be on the show. Thank you so much, y'all. 